Welcome, warriors, to a break from the Enough series. I didn't mean for February to be so impromptu. It just has happened to be that way. To be quite honest, I plan and schedule all of the podcasts out several months on end. And this month, I just felt the need to move things around. And I didn't even know that that would last for this entire month, but it has. I am quite happy with the fact that February has been this way. I have had podcasts scheduled, but every week I find myself moving around. And this week I had a podcast scheduled to come out today and I just felt the need to move it. So the original podcast for today has been moved to next Tuesday. Not only did I feel the need to interrupt the flow, but I don't even want to discuss the Enough series today. What I want to discuss is the Asbury University Revival. Some of you may have heard what has been going on, what is going on in Asbury, and some of you may not. So for those of you who are already very much aware or have been following to any degree Asbury Revival, just bear with me for a few moments. For those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, give me a few minutes to get you up to speed. And then I want to share some things that are on my heart that I have learned that that the Lord has convicted me of and just conversations that I have had with the Lord about what's happening and how it applies to my life personally. For those of you who don't know, Asbury University has chapel that is required for all students on Wednesday mornings. Now, this is very much like the university that I attended. We had a, a mandatory chapel every Wednesday morning. And I, I would imagine, based on my personal experience with how people talked about the, the chapel that we attended when I was in college and from what I've heard from multiple college campuses that consider themselves faith-based and they have things like chapel... I would imagine that it's very divided. I'm sure there's a group of people who are Christians who don't mind chapel or who even really enjoy chapel and look forward to it. And they go because that's a part of their college experience and they're fine with that. But I would also imagine that there is a large group who aren't Christians and they don't look forward to chapel. And the only reason that they attend is because it's mandatory. You think about uh, this weekly chapel. You know, I, I know from personal experience going to a weekly chapel on my college campus, it's nothing special. A lot of the times the worship is mediocre. You have a bunch of college kids who are on stage. You may have someone playing the guitar and someone on the djembe and a singer who is eh, okay. And then you have a speaker who's mediocre and they 
haven't really shared much that's new. Not always the case, but for the most part, it's a good check the box every Wednesday morning. We had chapel. I went to chapel. Done. Check. But on February the 8th, chapel was different. So just recently, a bunch of students gathered for their weekly chapel, which I'm sure was no different than usual. In fact, some students have been interviewed and have said it wasn't any different from what we're used to in the beginning. But when worship began to end the service, something different did happen. And what happened was Holy Spirit flooded the room. And all of a sudden, there was a presence there that compelled people to stay. Chapel's over. People are, are free to go. And again, think about Christians and non-Christians alike. But let's talk about the non-Christians first. They don't want to be there to begin with. When it's time to go, they want to leave. Let's talk about the Christians who are just there to check the box and say, yay, I, I attended chapel. I've got classes. I've got a job. I've got other things to do on my list and I'm ready to go. No one was leaving on Wednesday, February 8th. And the people who were leading worship noticed that. So they kept playing. And Teachers, you know, professors, and staff members are noticing that nobody's leaving and they could have gone, hey guys, we're done. A staff member could have taken the microphone and said, hello, it's time to leave. Or they could have started to shove people out and say, it's time for class. It's time to go to work. We've got things to do, but nobody did that. What happened was worship not only lasted an extra 30 minutes, an extra hour, two, three hours, worship just didn't stop. It started to get the attention of other people on campus. It started to get attention from other people in the town, and they started coming to the chapel to see what was happening. And all of a sudden, they're playing through the night, and they kept going, and they kept going, and for those of you who don't know, it started on February 8th. Today is 12 days strong, and I'm recording this on a Sunday, and they have decided that the last service publicly on campus will be today, which is February 19th. This worship service has been going on for that long. So what happened in between? Well, the revival caught the attention of the news. In fact, on Fox 4 News, Tucker Carlson actually made a statement that they heard about the revival and they wanted to go to the revival. So they began coordinating that and someone from Asbury University called Fox News and asked them not to come. They said this was a private event. There was no reason for the, the news and the media to be there and to be involved. And Tucker Carlson spoke about how much he respected that. He said, it's rare that you find anyone who doesn't want the 
publicity, who doesn't want to be on TV. And usually it's because they're hiding something, but in a very rare case, it's because the news and the media won't enhance the story and what's going on. It can only take away. So he thanked Asbury University for actually turning down Fox News from coming. They they wouldn't allow news crews at the site, but the news was covering what was going on and interviewing people. And one atheist was interviewed and said, I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, I felt emotional and I didn't want to leave. And I just thought those were the key words. He didn't want to leave. He felt something. He couldn't name it. He couldn't put his finger on it, but he felt something and he was compelled to stay. Before they knew it, people were on their knees. There was no altar call. There was no one in the pulpit saying, hey, if you want to give your life to Jesus, come forward. People were just coming forward. People who were atheists were giving their lives to Christ. People who could have cared less about chapel not only stayed, but some of them stayed for hours and hours and hours on end. The staff members of Asbury University, they didn't know what to do. So they got together and they just started passing out snacks and water to people. And then it it was on social media and it grabbed the attention of other churches and spread across the nation. So then churches all over America were sending their staff members, people in their congregation to Asbury University going, we don't know what's happening, but God is there. So we need to go where God is before Asbury University knew it. There were, they were on the news The line was not only out the door, but people were camping out just all over the place waiting to get in and they set up TVs outside of the chapel so that people who were outside and and couldn't get in could somehow participate. They set up a live video on YouTube so people at home could participate. I was one of them. I I turned it on on YouTube and I just had it in the background going all day. And my pastor said this, and he said this on the first Sunday. So like I said, it began on Wednesday, February 8th. And on that following Sunday, it was going five days strong. And my pastor got up and acknowledged it. And he said, when God plants himself somewhere, when his presence shows up, what are we going to do? Are, are we going to say, oh, wow, that's so cool. Look at that. Or are we going to go towards it and, and be a participant in it? When God starts doing something, are we going to sit on the sidelines and go, yay, look at God and cheer people on? Or are we going to get up and get in the game and be a part of it? That really convicted me. My pastor sent several staff members on the first Monday morning to Asbury for some time. And my pastor said, I don't know what's going on, but go, go there, be a part of it and bring it back. And so they did. And, and my church has hosted several extra worship nights. And one of those worship nights went until 1 a.m. And they've had extra prayer sets going on. And, and, and it's not only the church that I attend that's been doing this. It's, it's churches all over America have been doing this. And 
I have to say, as I've watched this on YouTube, as I've seen the social media feed, and I've heard people's testimonies throughout the week, it's caught the, new, it caught the attention of the news. God has been speaking to me, and I just want to share what's on my heart. And, and I don't need you to agree with me. I, I, I'm not here for that. I just am here to say God is clearly doing something, and I, I feel that I would be... I would be wrong to not use the platform that I have. Although my my listener support may be small, it, it would still be wrong to not take this opportunity to acknowledge what God is doing. So something about me that a lot of you may not know is I get really into conspiracy theories. And the Illuminati is one of them. So... We just had the Grammys. Most of you know that Sam Smith did a performance that was basically a satanic ritual. So of course, what are people going to do on social media? They are going to either praise him, yay Sam Smith, for being so bold, or they are going to tear him apart for performing satanic rituals at the Grammys, which I have seen social media posts after social media posts about that. Same goes for Rihanna. Rihanna performed at the Super Bowl, and I've seen post after post after post tearing Rihanna apart, some of them praising her, but by and large tearing her apart for being a part of the Illuminati. I will confess that I easily get into a black hole with that kind of stuff. I can scroll on social media forever and get on YouTube and type in Illuminati and this conspiracy theory and that conspiracy theory and I can watch videos for an unhealthy amount of time. But here's something that I noticed. I noticed that when I do that, yes, I learn things and I can go, oh my gosh, it makes sense what's happening in the world and it, I, I can connect all these dots and it may all be true but my anxiety level gets higher. And it sounds so simple and a little stupid in my opinion, because, you know, we all know. If you watch too much of the news and you hear too much gloom and doom, you are likely to be anxious and or depressed and deal with being high strung and paranoid or et cetera, et cetera, okay? If you watch too many crime shows, you may find yourself watching your back a little bit more than is actually necessary. So for me, what I've found is that I have a harder time sleeping. I start to feel like the world is coming to an end and we are living in revelation and I need to use my prayer and intercessory gifting to get on my knees and pray for this world, which is fine except for what God convicted me of this week was whether I've, I've meant for this to happen or not, so much of my attention and focus is on what the devil is doing. And I didn't mean for it to be that way, but if I pause, which I have this week, to think about where am I spending my time and where am I giving my focus and my attention to and to whom, well, I've been pretty consumed with Sam Smith at the Grammys and Rihanna at the Super Bowl and with what Hollywood is doing. And I, I actually watched a video from 
It was San, Sandy Krasowski. Some of you may know who she is. Um, she's wonderful. If you don't know who she is, go to Instagram and follow Sandy Krasowski. And she made an entire post and said, why are we talking about this? Why are we talking about Sam Smith? Why are we talking about Rihanna? Why does it matter? These are people who have never professed a love for Christ. They've never professed to be believers or to have the same morals that a Christian or a conservative has. And we all know this stuff is going on in Hollywood. Why are we surprised? And why are we giving it so much attention? And for me, that was convicting. And then I just sat with the Lord further and God was just going, you're focused on the devil's strategy. Your, your focus is on what he is doing versus what I am doing. Meaning, you know, there can't be good without bad, right? We all know this. And what, how we interpret this is different. Some people have the superheroes. There can't be a good superhero without a bad one. There, there is not good without evil. You hear this in our movies and our television all the time. And it's so true. You have to have an opposing force. So if, if we are so focused on the evils of this world and, 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 and take the Grammys and take the Super Bowl out of it, um, let's bring it to crime shows or crime podcasts. Let's think about horror movies, thriller movies even, and stop to go, what are we watching or, or music. Think about the music that you're listening to. What are we listening to? What is the message that we keep hearing over and over again, whether it comes from our music or it comes from what we uh, uh, listen to in podcasts or, or in movies? And we may not feel impacted negatively at the time, but we don't realize that what we're actually doing is we aren't focusing on heaven and what heaven is doing. We're focusing on what is happening in this world that is evil. I'm not calling crime shows evil, okay? I'm not calling, you know, watching the Grammys a sin. I'm just saying that when you hear about satanic rituals over and over and over again, when you watch and listen to enough crime shows of rape and murder and lies and deceit, you may not recognize it, but your sleep may be disturbed. Your anxiety might be higher. Your depression might be higher. You, you may have developed symptoms that are negative because of where your focus is. And so the Lord just spoke to me this week and just said, where is your focus? If you would focus on heaven, you would be surprised and amazed. And it made sense because if you are a conspiracy theorist like I am, if you get into the Illuminati like I tend to, it's very dark. And it's a black hole that gets darker and darker as you go. And if we agree that there can't be great evil without a great good, then I have to stop and go, wait a second. If there is this much evil in the world, and our world has taken a turn in the last few years, and and so if we all can agree that the, the 
evil and the chaos in this world is so much greater than it was even just a few years ago, why don't we stop and think, oh my gosh, that means there's got to be so much good that is greater than what it was several years ago. But it's easy to not notice that or believe that when our focus is on the evil. So the Lord challenged me this week and said, I, I want you to know what I'm doing. I, I, I want to let you in on my strategies. The, the devil has made his strategies pretty clear. He's not hiding much anymore. And God's going, what I want you to be a part of what I'm doing, I want you to see what I'm doing. So what I started doing this week was I, I started getting up earlier than what is normal for me. And it wasn't that hard because I was eager. So I've, I've gotten up earlier and I have spent time just in silence, which is hard for me. I like to spend my quote-unquote quiet time reading my Bible, writing, praying out loud, or worshiping, just singing a little bit. But I spent it in silence, and all I said was, good morning, God, I'm here, and I'm listening. And sometimes it's hard to slow, actually a lot of times it's hard to slow my brain down and not think of my to-do list for the day or pick up my phone and check emails or social media or text people. But at some point, my mind starts to slow down and I've noticed that God is speaking. And I've journaled a lot of what I feel God is speaking to me. And I've, I've learned that that's important to write things down because typically you're going to hear three different voices in your head. You're going to hear God, yourself, and the devil. And sometimes it's, it's difficult to dif- differentiate between the three until you really start studying those voices in your head. And there's something about writing down what you think you hear that makes it easier to go, oh, uh, that wasn't God, that was me. Or oh, that, that wasn't me, that, that's a devil. So I've started to write things and I've, I've been able to shift my focus to heaven and to what heaven is doing. And this may sound silly or hyper-spiritual to some people. And, and look, look, I get it. I have to take time to sit and reflect and go, is that real? But my, my husband is a pilot, so he flies often. He's not home all the time. And I have found it difficult to sleep when he's gone. And that's been a real battle for me. But what I noticed this week, my husband has been gone for the majority of the week and I've been alone with myself and my thoughts and been alone with the Lord. And since I have just shifted my focus, I don't feel anxious like I typically do. I typically will wrestle with that anxiety often and and I found that my sleep is better my sleep is not 100%, but when I fall asleep, when I, when I actually lay my head down, I feel more relaxed and my sleep is harder and longer than usual when my husband is gone. And I have to attribute that as a result of shifting what I focus on. So to give you practical steps for yourself. Here's what I've done. You know, I get on Instagram and I scroll on reels, right? 
And because I am interested in the Illuminati conspiracy theory stuff, those are the types of videos that pop up. And originally, the Asbury Revival videos were popping up earlier last week, and I found myself scrolling through those and pausing on the Illuminati videos. Again, not that I'm just in sin for doing that, but I noticed that most of my attention goes there. And so I thought, okay, practically, if I want to shift my focus, what if I scrolled through the Illuminati videos and I paused on the Asbury Revival videos? So that's how I began. And then it went from, okay, I'm going to turn on the live stream Asbury Revival video on my YouTube, on my TV. And I'm just going to go about my day cleaning, organizing, doing laundry, cooking, you know, all the things you do at home to, you know, play catch up. And I noticed that even my thoughts were different because my mind was on something else. And so I've made a decision for myself personally that in order to focus more on God and what he's doing, I want to play worship music through the house more. And it's not that I'm giving up secular music. Don't don't hear me through a religious, legalistic lens. Like, hear me through a, a relational lens. This is, this is what God and I talked about in our relationship lately. God may be asking you for something totally different, but my, my point is to have a conversation with the Lord and figure out how to be closer in your relationship with him. And so for me, I just thought, well, I play a lot more secular music than I do Christian, and I'm going to switch that. And for a while, I, I don't want to watch conspiracy theories or Illuminati videos. I'm, I'm going to focus on videos that are worship-centered. Why am I doing that? Is it for religious reasons? No. Is it because I think watching Illuminati videos is a sin. No, it's because I have found a barrier between me and the Lord and I want to remove it. And I'm willing to change my habits and my behavior in order to get closer to the Lord. There are just things that I'm okay with surrendering and giving up so that I can understand God on a different level. So I I say all of that for several reasons. One being, if you haven't tuned into the Asbury Revival, I would strongly encourage you, even though public services are over, at the, at the, at the time that this podcast is airing, public services are over, you can still go on YouTube and find videos, and they are really powerful. People have been healed. They've been set free. Demons have been cast out. People have been taken through real deliverance. People have given their lives to Christ. It's really powerful stuff. So I would encourage you to do that. If you have been hurt by the church, if you've been hurt by religion, I would still encourage you to just go sit and watch a few videos because the church is full of people who are human, who are going to mess up, who are going to hurt you. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to make bad choices. But God God doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't make poor choices. And if you've been hurt 
and you have walked away from the gifts of the Spirit or walked away from anything involving ministry, although it may be understandable as to why, it's just not justifiable because you're missing out on a huge gift that God has given and you're missing out on a relationship with a God who's who's probably very different from your view of him and maybe even your experience. So I would challenge you to just go watch a service. It's nothing it's nothing special. That's what's so great about it is nobody worked for this. Nobody planned this. This this wasn't something that people were charging for or even expecting at all. They just went to chapel to check a box and God decided, I'm going to show up today. And he did. And it's God's presence that is what actually changes things. It it it's it's not hard work to get saved, healed, delivered, to get freedom. When you are actually in the presence of God, it's just very effortless and easy. And you see that in these videos. So I would encourage that. But I would also encourage you, wherever you are in your relationship with the Lord, to just get on your knees and ask the Lord how how you two can be closer. You know, I think about any good, deep, healthy friendship or or a marriage. You're going to make sacrifices for that relationship because you just want to be connected to that person. I think about my husband and I don't know how many times I've gone and done things with him that I just don't enjoy, but my husband does and I want to be with him. I want quality time with him. So I I go do these things and I choose to have fun. I don't know how many times my my husband has maybe disagreed with me or he has made a decision that I don't agree with, but because I love him and I want to be connected to him, I'm going, okay, sure, I can give up this one thing that I don't find to be a big deal, but it's a big deal to you because I want to be close to you. Or sure, I'm going to follow your lead on this, even though I don't understand it or agree with it, because I just want to be connected to you. And so I, I relate those kinds of relationships to the Lord. So I would just encourage you to get on your knees and go, okay, God, how do we get closer? What is the thing that I need to shift? For me, it was my focus. For you, it could be something completely different. That's all I have to say today. I I hope you got something out of this podcast. Again, this is not the Enough series. This is not any series. It's just I can't ignore what has gone on this week. It's been extremely powerful. Lives have been changed. People have been set free. They've been healed. God is moving, not just in Kentucky, but across all of America, and it's powerful. So it has to be acknowledged. Thank you for listening, and tune in next week as we continue the Enough series.